May these words of my mouth and this meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It is so much nicer to be down here with you all, up there. Occasionally on the third floor of the parish building, and that's the building Dagwell Hall is in, where most of us have our offices, we all emerge into the hallway for some of the best conversations. Sometimes they're ridiculous. And you can end up laughing so hard that you're really glad the wall is close by to lean on. And unsurprisingly, Richard is often at the center of those conversations. And sometimes they're heartbreaking when we all come out to learn about a beloved parishioner as when we got the news that Molly Cook had died. And sometimes there are loud whoops and cheers in the hallway, like when Christina Rutland, our fabulous youth minister, received her acceptance to Yale Divinity. We will not be whooping and hollering that today is her last Sunday, however. A lot of good and real life in this community of St. John's happens for your staff in that third floor hallway. And this past week, I actually found myself sitting on the floor in that hallway with Amy and Evans and Emily, and we were all talking about the lectionary study that Amy had just led in the library with a group of parishioners and about how they had discussed and we were discussing that surface simplicity of this gospel reading, this lesson of two sisters and their encounter with Jesus. But that there is an undercurrent of complexity in that story, particularly for women. It was a great conversation and those hallway moments are some of my favorite. The break from hard work to have moments of deep connection. And I promise this is not just a sermon for those identifying as women. So fellas, wake up. Because I, but I am curious if the story initially resonates more deeply with women because of cultural gendered norms, both then and now. I know when we discussed this story in my Bible study last spring, there were a lot of opinions. I think in this story, we all, we feel all sorts of generalizations highlighted and a very false dichotomy being enforced. Women, people, are neither this or that, doers or receivers, homemakers or career people. In my Bible study, there was a lot of identification with one or the other, especially Martha. One woman shared with 
not a small amount of resentment more than half a century later. I was the Martha, always doing the dishes, while my sister would fabricate questions and stay at the table to get out of helping. Let me be clear, there is nothing in this story to indicate that Mary's posture is one of deception. We use these sisters' names as shorthand to describe lives of action and contemplation. You're a Martha. You're the one always taking care of others, tidying up, hosting the holidays, always on the move. You're a Mary, more comfortable receiving, introspective, able to be still. This apparent dichotomy in this gospel reading is perpetuated by the way we often hear Jesus' words to Martha, and I appreciate that Amy was trying to give us a slightly different view, because you almost always hear it read with reproach in Jesus' voice, a scolding tone as if he is chastising the busy Martha. But what if it weren't so? Take a moment with me. Let's try to suspend all of our preconceived notions about this very familiar story. Let's try to encounter it afresh. The first thing I want to do is to invite you to stop thinking about this story as only a story of two women, two sisters. It is about all of us and there's a lesson in it for all of us. Engage your imagination with me, and let's look around this story for some clues as to what might really be going on. And secondly, I want to remind you that we know a few things about the Gospel of Luke as we have been journeying with Luke since December. And we've been hearing a lot lately about one of the main themes in the gospel, and that is hospitality. We saw it two weeks ago when the disciples were welcomed into homes to share God's peace. We saw it again last week when the good Samaritan took care of the injured man on the road and got him to safe lodging. And we will see it yet again next week when Jesus tells a parable of a man who will, of course, give bread to a friend at the door, even though it is the middle of the night. Hospitality is everywhere in Luke. So why then would Jesus, who cares so much about hospitality, fuss at Martha in this story, for providing the very thing he's been preaching. That just seems like too much of a contradiction to me. Could it be that his tone, Martha, Martha, is actually one of gentleness and compassion? Could it be that he merely means Martha, 
Take a moment away from your preparations. Give yourself permission to sit. Yes, we have to eat, and we are grateful for your hospitality, but you don't want to miss this. Come, sit for a moment. Who among us hasn't heard laughter from the other room while hosting a dinner party or a holiday dinner and wished that we could be in two places at once? Both the preparer and the guest. So if Jesus isn't putting Martha down, what might be going on here? So come along with me a little bit further. Remember, I love it when we engage our theological imaginations and come at these stories from a different direction. The third thing to notice is that this story is bookended by parables. And while Mary and Martha are people we encounter in several gospels, they are never painted in such stark contrast to each other as they are in this story. It is as if here in Luke, they are a living parable. They are portrayed as exaggerated foils of the, of the other and two extremes on a spectrum. And so if we're thinking of it like a parable, it's so similar in that we don't get a conclusion to this story like we don't get in parables. It's left open-ended for us to imagine what happens next. And also, like a parable, it seems to tacitly invite us into the story to identify with a character, to see ourselves there. Remember that woman from my Bible study who quickly volunteered that she was Martha and her sister, her lazy sister, was Mary? So if we think of these sisters as a living parable, what should we learn from them for all of us? Perhaps balance. There are definitely times in life for hospitality, for the hustle and the bustle and time to get things done. There are also times the call for sitting and for listening, for being still, and for being inspired. One at the exclusion of the other is not good. Maybe Jesus was the first one to come up with that phrase, work-life balance. I, I don't know, but it's here, my friends. Could it be that Mary and Martha together represent a complete and balanced life? A life of action and contemplation. A life of giving and receiving. And sometimes it can be so hard to switch gears and to open ourselves up into engaging in one or the other. It can be so hard to give ourselves permission to stop being busy, even for a moment. And this is why 
in the midst of very full days working here at St. John's Cathedral, those third floor hallway moments are so precious to me. I have long said, Advent is my season to be Martha, and Lent is my season to be Mary. And whatever those seasons are for you, and maybe you've got this down, you are so well balanced that you find those moments in every day. I'm not there yet. We need to make sure that we are not straying too far to either end of that spectrum. A life of faith is a life of both contemplation and action. So I leave you with this final bit of food for thought about this story. It's a short poem from Madeline Langle entitled, Martha. Now, nobody can ever laugh at me again. I was the one who baked the bread. I pressed the grapes for wine. Amen.